Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on WorldCom. Tyco CEO Dennis Kozlowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. What does astrology, luxury cars, and kinky sex have in common? I don't have any of those. Not only are all those a good time, but they're also key elements in today's story. Today, we we examine the story of Martin Frankel, a genuine fraudster and manipulator who made business deals by consulting the stars and fooled people into thinking that he was a legitimate businessman, stealing their money while he lived high on the hog. What a slinky Sagittarius, am I right? One woman put it best. I don't want to see anybody die, but that's what he deserves. Find out why she said this on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Did they get the... Did they know that he was, like, looking at astrology charts? Because here's the thing. If I took my money to someone and they were like, wait, 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 wait. Let me see. What house is Mars in right now? I'd be taking the, the money right back. I'd be like, you know what? I think I'm going to go so, somewhere else. <laughs> so we'll get into this. Um, he actually wasn't like, we'll get into it. We'll All right. Into All right. It. I, we'll figured, get into I, it. I figured as I was asking the question, I was like, if only there was an entire podcast that was if about to come after this episode. to answer this question. If only the episode was about to fucking happen. Well, welcome to this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. It's Kishara. And I'm Nina. And this week we're talking about Martin Frankel. This guy was kind of, this guy was crazy. This guy was crazy. I, I can tell. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like um, Jordan Belford was crazier. Oh, not many people are crazier than Jordan yeah. Belford. Yeah. But before we start today, I do have to get this just out of the way right now. Heard. Before we get into it later, Nina, mm-hmm. do you believe in astrology? Um, not in the way that a lot of white women do. Okay, so not you're not like live your life by no, it. No, I actually don't know what a lot of it means. Oh, so just like it's just the same, the same as everything. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Great. Um, there are some things I do, I do kind of believe about it. Like uh-huh. I do think that, like where you were born, what time you were born, things like that do affect your personality. So all of it. Yeah. No. Great. No, I'm not. Like, I don't read my horoscope every day, or like at all. But when you ask someone what sign are you and they give you an answer that informs, that gives you, you think that gives you information about them that Um, you would not have otherwise? Not a lot, no, because I don't know enough about it. What? Like, what's your sign? I'm an Aquarius. Oh, shit. Yeah. My ex was an Aquarius, so that's the only reason why I'm like, like, fuck. Like, one out of every 12 people, statistically, around there are, so, Yeah. That happens sometimes. Anyway. Yeah. No, but I'm not like one of those people who is like, oh, my God, you're a Scorpio because I'm a Scorpio. They're like, you're a Scorpio. I cannot date you. 
If, I, I'm you, not one of those people. You, I, I love when people are like, oh my God, you're an Aquarius. We shouldn't hang out. I was like, great, because I was thinking the same thing. Actually. <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. So we're, we're on the same page. Yeah, no. Um, do I sometimes like look up if someone I'm romantically interested in and I signs are compatible? Yeah. You know, get your confirmation bias however you want it. And then they always say they're not, and then we always break up. Maybe stop looking at it then, huh? That, that's a thought for next time. It's a thought. Okay. That's a thought. Well, now that I'm sad, <laughs> do you believe in astrology at all? Do, does any of my, this conversation we've had for like two minutes give you any indication that I believe, believe in astrology You believe in the devil. I thought maybe you would I believe. don't believe the devil is real. Jesus. That just contradicted you. You contradicted yourself so bad just there. What do you mean? You're like, I don't believe in the devil. Jesus. It's an exclamation. I'm not saying it with conviction like I'm actually saying it to the guy. I know. It was just funny. It was just funny. All right. So speaking of Jesus, actually, Jesus does come into this story. Oh, this story. Buckle up. This story's wild. All right. So. Martin Frankel was born in 1954 in Toledo, Ohio, and it's said that the Frankel home was not a happy home. Frankel claims that his parents were abusive, although people wonder how true this actually was because Frankel would often make things up about his life. I'm not going to say they were or they weren't because it was like the 60s and I feel like all parents were abusive. And in Ohio. And in Ohio. You know what that's like. Yes. I do. Frankel had always been extremely intelligent and succeeded in school. However, in high school, he developed really bad test anxiety, which hindered him throughout early adulthood. As someone who also struggled with test anxiety in school, I feel for him. I feel like you're going to say something. He struggled with it into adulthood? How many yeah. tests? Oh, well, you'll find so, out. So, because like at what time does test anxiety just become anxiety oh well, that's true. if you're an adult and they're not sitting you down for tests and you're just like oh it's my test anxiety it's like just drop the test buddy yeah that's anxiety no i think yeah he did definitely have anxiety um as he went into adulthood and we will address that later um after high school he went to the university of toledo but go, oh no i was about to say go zips that's no that's it. akron you i know um but he ended up dropping out because of his anxiety he did have some mental issues and i actually think it could be argued that he may have ocd because of some of his compulsive behaviors but i am not a doctor after he dropped out his parents encouraged him to get a blue collar job but he saw himself above that yeah this isn't blue collars from red hands yeah right, right? Frankel was extremely interested in business and began studying finance and saw it as a way for him to get rich quick in 19 it actually said in some articles that i read that he looked up to oh what's that rat faced dude that uh, was with obama michael milken oh yeah he liked him the the junk bomb king mm -hmm. michael milken yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people did he was he was really big at the time before he got in trouble in trouble yeah he liked a lot of dudes who we've actually covered before red flag red flag red flag uh in 1985 he went to a brokerage firm ran by john and sonia schulte and pretended to be a client the firm was in association with dominic and dominic a trading firm in new york soon sonia wanted him to be a broker and john ended up hiring him frankel 
There was a lot of tension between the couple about Frankel. Um, Schulte regretted hiring Frankel almost immediately because Frankel had a heightened sense of self and thought that he was above the firm's rules. He wouldn't adhere to dress code, etc. Um, Frankel would study the news to predict the markets, and he would call this informational analysis. He'd read like the Wall Street yeah. The Wall Street Journal and just yeah. be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and John Schulte, he has a lot of reason to not like Frankel, but he also was like, everybody says he's smart, but this guy's not smart. He failed the general securities exam twice in 1985. It's because so he, like, he had test anxiety. Yeah, it's because he had test anxiety. He also might be dumb, though. I actually don't know at this point. Um, Here's the thing. He pulled off a lot of shit. For him to actually be dumb, like dumb, dumb. So he has to be a little bit smart to pull off some of this. Could he just be confident? Or confident. Confident, like confident and stupid are like a, a danger combination. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Because you can run the world but and do it very poorly. That's true. People will keep giving you stuff. As long as you're confident, well. That is, that's very accurate. That is accurate. He, it was also said that he would have five computer monitors sitting on his desk at all times with different things on their screen in, oops, in order for him to, like, track shit. What is he, a 1990s hacker? Yeah, literally. Into the and everybody bus. else, and then John Schultz, he was like, everybody else has one computer, but that was Frankel. He had to be that way. I imagine half of them aren't plugged into anything. Oh, probably not. No, no, no. It's got Pong. It was interesting because he could tell you, Frankel could tell you how the market worked and essentially how you should trade, but he actually couldn't do it himself. Um, he would get performance anxiety about actually trading. So he would sit there and tell people how to do it, but he himself could never pull the plug on it, which was really weird. Huh. Yeah. It's not even his money. No. Mm. That's what was weird about it. Mm. He did bring on a client, though, a man named Ted Bitter, invested in his invested his entire retirement with Frankel. The issue is Frankel was, like I said, too scared to trade. And much like the tests he would get for anxiety, he would seize up when he needed to trade. If being a shitty trader wasn't bad enough, Schulte found out that Frankel was posing like outside of the office when he was like trying to get clients. He was posing as an officer of Dominic and Dominic, the firm that is associated with his company. So he was lying about being affiliated with them. He was like, no, yeah, I'm, I'm with them. I'm with Dominic and Dominic. And Schulte's like, no, you're not. No, you're fucking not. You're with me. Like you're not an actual broker. That makes sense. Well, I thought he was a broker. Well, he's a broker, but he wouldn't, he... But for what he's saying, for a different company. Well, and he was saying, like, he was a position higher than he actually was. Yeah, an officer. Because he, yeah, because yeah. he couldn't pass the exam. Twice. 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 Um, because of this, Frankel ended up being fired, and he moved back home with his parents. Now, on his own, Frankel decided to start working for himself. And he actually convinced LaSalle Street Securities in Chicago to let him be their representative in Toledo. During this time, Frankel started a company called Winthrop Capital, which was a corporate entity. And he used his friend's name and social security number to set up the company without his friend even knowing about it. I don't, uh, I don't think you can do that. You can't. But this is a pattern that he will have and continue. About doing things he's not supposed to? Yes, and that specific thing. Oh, oh, you mean like stealing his friend's identities? Uh-huh. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. 
You can have mine. No, I don't. I'll, I'll put that out there right now. You want it? Take it. No. I don't want your identity. All right. I'm just, I did, don't say I never offered you nothing. When it, came to biz- when it came to business ethics, Frankel was described as a little squishy. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, and that he had situational ethics, which I don't really know if that's an actual term. Situational ethics? Yeah. He's like, hey, hey. He's a good, that's that's literally just saying he's a good guy sometimes. Yeah, no, that's literally. In, in certain situations, he's okay. Yeah, no, that's literally what, <laughs> what it was. Um, The Frankel, he had with his, so this is going to get a little, it may get a little confusing because he has so many different businesses. Uh-huh, and they're all under his friend's names. They're all under different names. Um, So this next company he formed was called the Frankel Fund, and it was, fun, it was formed with a businessman named Douglas Maxwell. Maxwell heard about Frankel and wanted to get into business with him. And the Frankel Fund was an investment partnership, which investors had to invest at least $50,000. After forming this, Frankel ended up moving to Palm Beach, Florida in 1987 so that he could be closer to wealthy investors. So the way this worked was Frankel was getting these people on. Maxwell was the one who was actually doing the investing and trading since Frankel was... Too big of a bitch to do it. He would just tell him what to do? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess. This is a weird relationship. It's so weird. So the fund quickly made them $1 million. But when the top investor wanted his $500,000 that he put in there, Frankel and Maxwell paid him back with other investors' money. Ooh, that one I know you can't do. You cannot do. And a large portion of this money came from Ted Bitter's retirement savings. R.I.P. Ted Bitter. Yeah, Bitter had had his life uh, savings drained from him. Bitter says that he felt completely hurt and bitter Mm. and blindsided from this because he considered Frankel a friend, not just a business partner. Hopefully you can find a silver lining and make it bittersweet. Oh, Bitter sued Frankel and his trader's license was revoked in 1991. And actually the SEC, SEC told him to quit trading in 1992 but man okay great podcast anyway that was <laughs> yeah no um spoiler alert he doesn't listen and they don't really do their jobs yikes now we're gonna rewind a little bit because in 1988 frankel calls john schulte's office and says that he wants to speak to his wife sonia remember them yeah like, so- from- sonia liked him yes all right uh, John, okay. John Dennett, right? Yes. Yeah. And Sonia and Frankel actually were more than just friends. I wanted to say that earlier. I wanted to say, I was like, I was like, he's stooping your wife, bud. Yeah, and that's was... why he doesn't like him. It's because he came in, he was confident, he didn't wear a tie, and he's fucking your wife. Yep. He was giving her the old one, too. That's what he was doing. Bitter says, this is a quote from Ted Bitter, and this is so funny. He, he says, you know... I look at Marty, and I can't imagine anyone being attracted to him. Wow. He's not a good-looking dude. Oh, Martin Frankel? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's um, homely, to say the least. Homely? Yes. Interesting. He's fucking ugly, dude. Oh, which one is it? Is it homely or fucking ugly? Both. Okay. He's not a good looking dude. Okay. On April 14th, 1989, Sonia left John and took the two children, took their two children with her. Um, it is suspected that there was abuse, abuse going on in the Schulte home. And that's why Sonia took the children out of the home. Sonia and Frankel were setting up a competing business and sent out letters to 2,000 of Schulte's clients telling them that they should do business with them instead. Ooh. 
In the spring of 1990, Sonia claimed that Schulte had molested their daughters, and in one month, Schulte's firm lost $63,000 worth of revenue in one month. So the firm was bringing in $70,000 a month. After these accusations came out, they made $7,000 in one month. Okay, I was going to say, I was like, that doesn't sound like a lot of money, but I guess relative to what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. that's a huge chunk of money. Yeah. Um, all of these accounts went to Frankel and Schulte, Sonia Schulte. Mm-hmm. Schulte was actually ended up after a long time being found innocent. The allegations ruined his life. Schulte says that Frankel con- concocted the whole thing. Frankel and Sonia's business actually soon became worth $13 million. Oh, shit. Yeah. They really got a lot of people in there. I think that she was a bigger deal at that firm, her and her husband's firm, than anyone ever realized for her to be able to like pull not only pull all those clients over but for them to then get this much money so in 1991 frankel was contacted by a man named john hackney a tennessee business who is a tennessee businessman they bought tennessee life insurance company which made them multimillionaires overnight now frankel was setting up another venture called third i always fuck this name up Thunor Trust. What the hell? What, yeah. What is this? A so, Marvel movie? Yeah. Thunor Trust was a company that would purchase insurance companies that were experiencing financial problems and buy them at a low price. Now, the reason he would do this was because insurance companies are required to keep large reserves so that they can pay out claims. So he, so that's why Frankel wanted them. He wanted them because they had all these reserves. He could take the money and line his pockets instead of doing what he actually was supposed to be doing with it. What's sad is a lot of the people who owned these insurance policies with these companies that weren't doing super well, they weren't rich people. A lot of them were buying the buying these insurance policies to cover funeral expenses so that their families wouldn't be like too hard pressed when they died. Um, other people were using them to have some money set aside for their grandchildren when they died to either use for college or other things like that. Over time, Thuner Trust brought up, bought up a lot of different insurance companies throughout the South and Oklahoma. Fun fact, if you're like, Oklahoma is the South. No, it's not. It's the Midwest. Okay, but like, who's the authority on that? Like, like has someone yeah, gone out and been like... you don't know geography. I don't know where anything is to begin with, but uh, Oklahoma, they made that whole terrible musical about it. Seemed, seemed south in that. Never been, but... Uh, I've never been to Oklahoma. But I think I think they're south in spirit. I've never been to Oklahoma where, where the wind is. goes sweeping down the plain. Or the grass, or the wheat. Yeah, yeah never been there. Mm. In 1998, First National Life Insurance Company of America was purchased, which had $100 million in assets. And by the end of 1998, Thunor, claimed, Thunor Trust claimed to have over $430 million in assets. All this from a guy who got his license revoked? Uh-huh. This is, af- is this after? This is all after. What the heck is going on? How, yeah. did they let it, how do you let someone do this? So part of it was, was that he was using fake names. And then uh, the other part of it was, I, I think they thought after they told him to quit doing it, that he was going to quit doing it. Or maybe that technically, like, because that's the thing, right? It's like, is it, a leap, is it a loophole that he was never the one actually making the trades? So, like, you could Possibly. be, like, like he's like he's basically just a consultant 
not an actual broker. He's not doing the actual trading. He's just like consulting on trading. Um, you know, I don't know that. I I can't say it for a hundred percent sure, but he was still doing all this after he was told to stop. Mm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. So where was all of this money going? Frankel had set up a fake brokerage firm that these insurance companies would, quote unquote, invest in. And the brokerage firm was called Liberty National Securities. And Liberty National Securities was actually being ran out of the living room in Frankel's home in Greenwich, Connecticut. He actually, he so he moved from Toledo to Greenwich during this time. Okay. And uh, Greenwich is way nicer than Toledo. Like, way nicer. Well, I've never been to Toledo, but I just assume basically everywhere in Ohio is a barren wasteland. And it's, yeah, it's post-industrial revolution. Isn't everywhere? Well, you yes. mean directly post? <laughs> like, there's just like a lot of factories and like a lot of mm. sh- stuff that's like not really happening. It's not as bad as Gary. Nothing's as bad as Gary. But, it's like the crime capital of America. Okay, my so one of my friends uh-huh. found this Instagram video that this reel that was like Gary Indiana, go explore it. Look at all these rundown buildings that are just abandoned. Go explore the buildings in Gary, Indiana. And she's like, should we go and take pictures? I was like, no. Yeah, if you want to die. I was like, sure. Gary is so unsafe. Like, unless this is yeah. a joke and I don't think you're joking. No. If you want, like, a really creative way to, like, die, suicide, sure. Realty assets transferred to Liberty National were actually going into banks in Switzerland so that companies that were acquired, so all those companies that were being acquired were being drained, basically. But people were still holding accounts there. Well, they didn't know. They didn't know. It was shitty. By 1998, he was in control of six Southern insurance companies, but he wanted more. Now, if you listen to last week's episode, you know that the Vatican was involved in foliary schemes, and it's no different this week. Welcome back, the Vatican. Hey, to be fair, the Vatican wasn't involved in foliary schemes. Well, he, he just wanted you to believe they were, which correct. is which is an interesting turn for the Vatican. I'm sure. I'm sure in this one they're a little bit more involved. I'm assuming. Slightly. Slightly. Um, honestly, someone really just needs to get a handle on the Vatican. But anyways, Frankel got it into his head that he needed to be affiliated with the Vatican. I think that he wanted people to see that he was in cahoots with a religious organization and that being involved with an original being involved with a religious organization would automatically win people's trust. And it does win people. We've seen this before in our episodes, especially like in our season premiere about the um, about Matthew Beasley and the Mormons, like, you know, people are like, oh, you're Catholic? I'm Catholic. Or you're Mormon? I'm Mormon. Like, there's already a, an establishment of trust there, even though that 
doesn't necessarily mean you should trust people. Um, Ted Bitter, the guy who he screwed over earlier in this episode, says that Frankel always had a very negative view on Christianity and that this whole thing was a front, which we all understand. Ted Bitter has a lot of stuff to say. He has a lot to say. Um, Frankel found three people who would help him obtain favor with the Vatican. Thomas Bolin, who was a friend of Ronald Reagan and a devout Catholic with good connections. Father Peter Jacobs, who was a celebrity priest in New York. And Monsignor Emilio Colgiovanni. I am not saying that right. He had a lot of high up connects in the Catholic Church and was also the president of Monitor Ecclesiastes Foundation. I'm not saying any of that right. No. I can't no, say words. I can't say any of these words. I think it's like Ecclesiasticus. Ecclesiasticus. Whatever. He owned this other foundation that helped poor people. Which was that establishment that I can't say the name of? Monitor Ecclesiasticus Foundation. It was established by the Archdiocese in Naples in 1967. So Frankel used a fake name. David Ross. Oh, the manager of the Chicago Cubs. I know him well. Oh, I didn't know that, actually. Same name. Go Cubs, go. Um, he convinced these men that he wanted to donate to the poor and gave and to get and that he wanted to give over five hundred million dollars to Catholic charities. So he started up his own charity called St. Francis of Assisi Foundation to help the poor. The plan worked. And although the foundation wasn't directly connected with the Vatican, it was con- it was connected to the Monsignor's Foundation. Um, originally, when they brought it forward to the Vatican, they wanted it directly affiliated, and the Vatican was like, no, we will not be doing that. But they did give money directly to his Francis of Assisi Foundation. Now, during this time, as I said earlier, Frankel moves from Toledo to Greenwich, Connecticut, with Sonia Schulte and her two daughters. Frankel bought a beautiful mansion in a remote area and set up a giant ass 10 foot fence around the perimeter of it um, so that no one could see what was going on. He actually became really paranoid, obviously, be probably mostly because he was doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. You get paranoid. Um, his neighbors thought that he was strange because he was and they didn't like that he was building this big fence. During the 90s, his neurotic behavior increased and he would to a point where he would even become super, super picky about what he ate and what foods were allowed in his home. Is uh, he just autistic? Like, he's got, he he's got his safe foods. He's like, I only eat chicken nuggies he and might, Velveeta mac and cheese. I mean, honestly, this man is neurodivergent in some way. Neurodivergent doesn't just mean people who are autistic. It's people who are ADHD are also considered neurodivergent. Um, you know, so it's it's an umbrella term. This man is neurodivergent in some way. Yeah, neurodivergent girly slay. Right? Slay. Yes. I don't know. I wouldn't I don't think I'm considered neurodivergent. You're not, but I am. I'm not fucking talking about you. Oh. Because you're ADHD? Slay. Right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> At least that's what a doctor told me as a kid, and I seem to have most of the symptoms now, so I just I totally, when I found out that you were so ADHD, I, just, I was like, that explains I continue with it. a lot. Hmm. Explains a lot. That's why you hyperfixate. Not in a bad way, just, you know, you go down really, um, you go down informational rabbit holes. 
Learn a lot. You do. All right. You learn a lot. You're a lot smarter than me. So anyways, the former chef who worked for him said that he would only drink Evian water and that the chef would also have to use Evian water to cook and then like including the water that needed to be boiled for pastas. And That's stuff. some bougie ass shit. Isn't it? Isn't oh it? Oh my God. Must be nice. So once Frankel got started getting a lot of money, um, he started buying companionship. I think he had, sorry, this is going back. Do you think he had put like Evian water in his toilet bowl? Like, you think Not he would? the toilet You think bowl. he would if he could though? Yeah. Or like his, his he showers? He brushing his teeth with it. He's like, if I could put it in my shower, I would. Oh, probably. Oh my God. Why not? If you only are going to ingest it, it would only make sense for you to only use it in your home, like washing your clothes and taking a bath. Evian's probably fake, man. They put that shit in like bottles in like California, like half of it's in from like isn't Oakland, it, bro. Isn't it French? I don't know where Evian's from. Look at look at me. You think I buy Evian? I'm water? almost 100 percent sure that Evian water is from France because it sounds my ex, French. I don't know because my ex boyfriend was obsessed with it. And he's like, Ooh, this is the best water. He comes from France. Where are you from, Evian? Yep, French Alps. They, that's weird, too, because they pronounce, like, all the letters in that word are pronounced, which is not something you well, get a lot we're from, probably from not. France. I don't think we're saying it right. Evian? Yeah, it's probably. Evian? Evian. So the N is gone, Evian? Yeah. It's the on at the end? Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh-uh. Mm. That's what they sound like when they have sex, too. Oh, oh, oh. I don't need to know. <laughs> Anyways, so once Frank, like I said, once Frankel started uh, getting lots of money, he started buying companionship. He would put ads in the paper looking for submissive women. I, here, here's the thing. I thought it was going to be the other way. No. I thought he was going to get, like, pegged or something. He has pegged. He has a pegging energy. Like, I want you to peg me energy. Yeah. But here's the thing. I think that he was a fucking little simp. His, not a simp, but, like, a little incel weirdo his whole life. It sounds like And it. now he's got money, and he wants to control people. Because now he has money, and this is a way for him to control women. Um. You know, he wanted to be super him. I feel like him wanting to be super dominant came from a bad place. Now, I'm not saying all people who prefer to be dominant in the bedroom are like this. But this dude, to me, it was very clear that this was like he was using his dominance as a self-soothing or trying to prove himself sort of thing. Like he was trying to prove himself by being dominant. That's my opinion, but whatever. Also, he like, he like would prey on younger, like they weren't underage, but like they were young women and who, you know, are probably inexperienced and they're easy to manipulate and it's kind of gross. Um, they were, his house was sometimes referred to as a harem <laughs> in things I would read because there were so many women going in and out. But he was super, he was like super obsessed with BDSM and group sex and they all would live there. It was like that sort of thing. I, I see it looks like it's coming up, but like what did Sonia think about this? Right? Yeah, so Sonia actually ended up moving her and her daughters off of the property. They ended up moving to South Carolina um, because of all the weird sex stuff that was going on in the home because like she didn't want her kids around that, which I don't blame her. I wouldn't want, you know, like that's fine if that's when I, how you want to live your life, but I wouldn't want my children to be like um in an environment like that yeah if you're that rich just build just put it in the guest house out back and be like hey kids don't go into the guest house right because then if they go into the guest house 
That's on them. You yeah. put it separate. You try to get it. If they walk in and now you have to describe what a, sl- a sex sling is to your 12 year old. I told you not to go in there. Yeah. And from what I was understanding, like it wasn't it, it, like, you know, like those kind of like sex slave situations. Oh, you you mean you mean where you you have someone uh, wear a collar and, and you walk them around in a in a leather mask that looks like a dog? Yeah, mm, it doesn't always mean that, but it can do that. No, that's just that's just the one example that that I know of because that's what I do on Saturdays. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I knew that. Now everybody knows. Am I the dog, or am I, not, or am I the person with the lead? You're the dog. Don't even even don't even pretend. I'm not telling. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. So like stuff like that was going on. Um, he and then he would actually hire a lot of these women to work for him, which was weird. Yeah, okay, that's cross it. Honestly, have as much kinky sex as you want, but but if you're in a position of power as someone, then you shouldn't you shouldn't be involved with them sexually. That's where I'm drawing the line. Yeah, that's my ick. No, well, thank you. Well, one woman, um, well, one woman named Frances Burge responded to one of Frankel's ads, and when she went to his house, um, he told her to take off her clothes, and then he told her that he wouldn't have sex with her because she was too fat. Uh, dick move. Yeah, he was n- way too ugly to be telling people anything about their appearance. Um, and she wasn't even that big. She looks pretty normal to me from the pictures I saw. Hmm. She might have been a size 12, tops. He probably just like couldn't get an erection that day, and he's like, I gotta come up with you. I gotta come up with you. Maybe. Excuse. You're fat. Um, although he told her that she continued to stay on the property and she was among other women who lived on the property. Um, I'm just going to say a trigger warning. Lived? Yeah, they all lived on the property. Oh, I thought they were just coming in and out. They, they lived were, there? but then there were, okay, so they were coming in and out, but then there were people who lived there. Oh, that's wild. That's what I was talking about with the sex slave situation. That, oh. Like when the people that, live in the home. Icky. No. Ew, yeah. Gross. Yeah. No, it was weird. I th- I'm sorry. Like, if that's your thing, that's your thing. But I still think it's weird. I mean, with the kids there. If there's no kids there, then have no. It's still okay. fucking weird, and I don't care. You know what? I don't care. You people are like, don't kink shame. No, I will kink shame because you know what else I shame? Ketchup on eggs. And I know lots of people eat ketchup on eggs, and I'm allowed to think it's weird and gross. Okay. You can think it's weird, but like they can do it. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So I'm gonna just say I think it's weird. Right. Anyways, I'm saying do whatever the fuck you want. You care. can. You can do whatever as, you want. As long as it's two consenting adults. If 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 someone's like, hey, I want you to chain me to a radiator in your basement. As as long as they're not gonna like die or get hurt and injured, and they're safe and they're both consenting, then sure. Yeah, that's whatever. Fine. You can do what you want. Chain I can them still- to a radiator if that's what they want. You can do what you want, but I can also think it's weird. Sure. Yeah, I do things that you think is weird. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so there you go. Um, I don't like how you said that, like, I'm chaining people up and do a radiator. I'm not. No, you're not. I'm just saying you well, can't. Well, I don't know we don't if you have, are. Well, we don't have radiators in this building. <laughs> just to true. start off with. True. So. Anyways, I'm going to give a slight trick. I'm going to give a trigger warning. Um, we're going to talk about suicide. So just. Oh, shit. Um, fast forward. Anyways. So. Frankel still lived on the property. I mean, I'm sorry. Burge still lived on the property, even though Frankel wouldn't make her his girlfriend. This actually made her, she became really depressed about this and she ended up being found hanging off the deck of the mansion in 1997 and her death was ruled a suicide. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, in 1998, Frankel now had 10 insurance companies. 
the Mississippi insurance companies that he owned would end up being his demise. Complaints were being made to the Mississippi commissioner's office, so they began investigating his insurance companies. It was found that all of these insurance companies were investing in Liberty National Securities. Three insurance companies usually... Well, okay, one insurance company does not only... Typically does not invest in only one investment firm. Yeah. Three of them investing in only one investment firm and the same investment firm? Fishy. That alerted authorities. And this is the only place they're putting the money? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're dumb. They're only putting the money into Liberty National Securities. Um, they... The commissioner's office called a meeting, and on April 28, 1999, Frankel flew to Jackson, Mississippi, and checked into a hotel under the name of David Ross, like we said earlier, and that's also the name of his bodyguard, which is weird. Mm, common name, I'm sure. Oh. At the insurance commissioner's office, his whole team ended up going into the meeting, but then Frankel decided not to go in. And he went back to Greenwich. The commissioner went to the commissioner went ahead and interviewed the team, and they found that their story there was a lot of questions that they couldn't answer. They were being weird. They were, you know, not directly answering questions. And on May fourth, night, so they were they didn't they were like, okay, this shit's not legit based off of the interviews. On May 4th, 1999, which was four days after the meeting, Frankel left Greenwich on a private plane. And while leaving, his mansion went up in flames. Literally. Yes. Like caught on fire. This place, like, this place would be haunted. If it's still there, it is haunted. Mm -hmm. I don't even believe in ghosts and that place is haunted. Oh, yeah. After the fire was put out, there was a lot of incriminating evidence that was found. Um, This is when the astrology comes in. So This? You're telling me after all this is when the astrology comes in? I've been waiting for this the whole episode, (laughs) and it's been... 30-something minutes, yeah, and we just got to the astrology. Yeah, well, he had been doing it the whole time, but, like, you didn't know yet. So, Frankel was becoming really obsessed with astrology, and he would consult the stars before making any financial decisions. And some of the charts that did not burn fully um, that they found said questions like, will I go to prison? Will Tom turn me in? Should I leave? Should I wire money overseas? Will I be safe? <laughs> this is like the worst form of like Googling something, like like when people commit a murder. And they're and they, like, how to get, how to decompose dead body. Yeah, like that's what this th- is. This is worse because it's written on fucking, you're not even asking Google, you're literally asking stars instead. Uh-huh, this on a the piece worst of paper. way to get caught Like, I don't know, I don't know what these charts were or what they looked like, to be honest with you, but it's what he used. Um, other papers... <laughs> Other papers that were found were to-do lists that had bullet points, such as launder money. (laughs) He couldn't remember. He had a fucking checklist. Hey, by the way, make sure to commit this felony later. (laughs) Launder money. Get money to Israel. Get it back. Idiot. So stupid. That's quite possibly the stupidest thing we've ever talked about. Yeah, no, it's really bad. That's dumber than the people emailing each other. Well, people do that all the time. No one has to leave them. No one it's no one leaves a checklist with them like, hey, email my buddy about that illegal shit I have to do later. (laughs) It's crazy. 
So he, when he left, he leaves for Europe. He first went to Rome. Then he went to Germany. It was said that while he was in Germany... He frequented the red light district, and when he wasn't there, he was locked up in his hotel room consulting his astrological journals. Um, he made a plan to go to Libya, which is in Africa, Kashan. I know where Libya is. Okay. Uh, but then he wrote in his journal that if he were to get on an airplane, that he would, quote, be toast. <laughs> I would be toast. Um, on September 4th, 1999, which May, June, July, August, so four months on the run. Well, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. The German police broke through the door of Frankel's hotel room. In his hotel room were nine fake passports and $8 million worth of diamonds. Oh, I don't God. know where he got all that. I hope he had get arrested on his to-do list for that day. <laughs> no, it definitely was not on the to-do list. <laughs> um, he was sentenced to three years in prison in Germany. And while that was going on, in the U.S., there was a 36-count indictment waiting for him. He claimed that... Um, so he tried to stay in Germany and not get... He was trying to not get extradited back to the United States uh -huh. because he claimed that Germany had more human rights um, they have a good history of that, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty sure I mean, he is I, Jewish. So Great. Um, I was like, I want to stay here. Sure, bud. Yeah. Sure, bud. Well, I guess that their prison laws are looser than ours. Oh, yeah. Are you, yeah. Are you kidding me? No. We, we have I like, mean, it is. We have like, what, what less than 10%? Definitely less than ten percent of the world population, but like twenty five percent of the world's criminals in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not good here. No, we have a problem. We do. Um. So he wanted to stay there. He believed that if he went to the U.S., he would get a death sentence, which would not have happened. I, don't, yeah, um, I was like, I don't even think that's true. No, he never would have gotten <laughs> just, a death sentence. He would have like five years, bud. <laughs> he would go to jail for a super long time. Probably not even a super long time, to be honest. Well, I'll wait. Um. But he would have more jail time than he would in Germany. Within an interview with a German news outlet, Franklin, Frankel claimed that he did all of these things. He laundered all this money um, to take care of hungry people around the world. And that he was in this mess because he loved people too much. Which... A woman hung herself on your back porch. Also, there's you can't, no... You can't do this. You can't say things like there's that. There's literally no evidence that you were trying to help people. Other than you making that fake organization for the Vatican so that you could get more money. Like, there's no evidence that you were tried to help people. Martin Frankel... Um, before coming back to the U.S., Frankel actually tried to escape... <laughs> tried to escape the German prison, but he was caught. Oh, my God. He's an idiot. Uh, $60 million was seized from his Swiss bank accounts. And in all in all, he stole over $200 million. In May of 2002, Frankel pleaded guilty. So he was extradited back to the U.S. He pleaded guilty to 24 counts of securities fraud, wire fraud, racketeering, and conspiracy. Most of his accomplices also went to jail. Frankel was sentenced to 200 months in prison. What is this? A, a mother with her child? Uh -huh. uh, he's seventy three months old. Uh -huh. Actually, that's two. That's sixteen over sixteen years in Thank prison. You. Uh, in a federal prison, but then a Tennessee court also found him guilty and sentenced him to sixteen years, which was supposed to run congruently. 
Congruently, like the triangle? Concurrently, whatever. <laughs> I hate that word. I hate the word concurrently. I always say congruently instead. Which was also why it kept telling me I was wrong when I was writing congruently into yeah, the thing. That is that is that is the triangle. God damn it. I hate <laughs> myself. Oh god, I'm so dumb sometimes. Anyways, he was released from prison in 2015 and he was sent to a halfway house um, because he had good behavior or whatever. But then he had to go back to prison for six months because he violated the rules of the halfway house. He was on dating websites. They don't let you be on dating websites? Apparently not. I mean, it's not like he did drugs. Like, let him be on a dating website. Who gives a fuck? No, I guess it's part of the rule. You can't. You can only beat your meat. You oh, can't man. have sex. If he was in Germany, they'd let him they let him be on German Tinder. Yeah, they would. Das Tinder or das whatever it's Tinder. fucking called. Yeah, something like that. He was re-released in October 2016, but then had to go back to jail again because of violations. He's out now, from what I can understand. Okay. He ran scams in Arkansas, Mississippi, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. I did forget to mention that um during like the police raid. They seized over 30 luxury cars and sold them at auction and made $700,000 to give back to victims. But it's probably not. That's even not even close. close to what? You stole $200 million and you mm. got 700000 back. That is less than half a percent. Yeah. Great. Not very good. Great. So the stars did not align for Martin Frankel. Greed, lying, and perverted sex all went up in flames as his schemes came to light. Frankel preyed on innocent people who were just trying to help all their families out when they died. He had no problem stabbing the poor, his friends, and the church in the back in order to get what he wanted. People like Frankel are a perfect example of get your incel kids some help. Yeah, if they're playing League of Legends right now, drag them off the computer. Yes. All right. Get them help. If they're a Reddit oh, moderator, God. get them help. Oh, man. You need to get them to professional help. Right now. Or they will turn out like Martin Frankel. Like, stop them from buying the anime waifu pillow that's in their Amazon cart right now. Please. Please. I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's the big body pillows with like anime women on them. So I you can like, even. All right, can, like, show me later because I don't know what this is. Oh. Anyways, luckily some justice was served, but the effects of Martin Frankel's schemes still affect people today. And that was our episode. If you liked what you heard, um, give us a follow on the socials. We're at facebook.com slash white collars red hands. We're on Twitter at white collars pod. We're on Instagram at white collars underscore red hands. We are on TikTok at white collars red hands. We're also on YouTube now. So go subscribe to us at white collars red hands. Um, is there something else I need to add about that? Mm, no. Okay. Um, no. If you want another way to support us for free, um, it is always helpful if we get a review left for us. You can review us on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Um, we love five-star reviews, but an honest review, we will take that as well. Um, another free way that you can support us is by telling your friends word of mouth is the best thing. Um, recommendations. People love them. You know, they're always... I, I've been recommending our podcast to my coworkers, and I'm sure they... Don't want to hear me talk more than they already have to, but joke's on them. Some of them have listened. I take old people's phones and I navigate to Apple Podcasts and I, I follow us on their phone. That's fair, too. Yeah. Why are you telling them our secrets? 
What, a, what like, a, like an old person out there is going to be like, like, hey, Kashan took my phone. So they're like, they're like, do I, I love when I tell someone about the podcast and they're like, they're like, how do I find it? And I see they have an, an, an iPhone. I'm like, it's on Apple Podcasts. They're like, do I have that? And I was like, yeah, here, let me, let me, let me here, see your help, phone. Let me help you. Give me your phone, old man. So and we got all of our followers. An unfreeway to help us is by going to our merch. You can go to our website, click on the little tab that says merch, head on over to T Public, and you can buy whatever you want on there. Um, and then another way you can support us is if you have heard of a white collar crime and you want to hear us talk about it, um, send us a DM, send us an email at whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com. Give us your suggestion. We try to do a fan submitted episode every single season, and we would love to do yours. Yeah, some previous hits we've done. Bob Dean, Bob Dean was the was one of the last ones we did. Um, Steve sent us a lot. Steve sent us a lot. So we we've covered quite a, quite a few of his. Uh, Abby has sent us some. Oh yeah, the Coin Con we did Coin yeah, Con. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that was like two years ago. Yeah. So so you know you you could you could be the next. Um, so those nuns do. that gambled, we did that one. That's right. From Priscilla. That's right. We we got a lot, and uh, you know you that little cut out where it's like your face here like like and they put like like you could be going to the gate but when a sweep shakes that's you that's you but not your actual face mm-hmm. you'd have to give us a lot of money to come here and record an episode with us no you just have to be chill now that i'm thinking about it you just have to be really really chill you could buy us pizza cool. Ooh, i like pizza yeah i like pizza too um i think that's it sounds it to me all right well we will see you next time on another episode of white collars red, red hands, hands.